All right, let's shit. Let's see if I remember how to do all this stuff. Ah, uh, you cannot minimize Zoom while you are recording this meeting. What? I think that's new. Oh, Jesus. Oh! Oh! Ow! He's starting off with the gunshots. It's going to be a dangerous <laughs> night, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'm still getting set up here. Hold on. Hold on there. Welcome. 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 Welcome, everyone, to the setup 2023. The setup. This is the setup. The setup this is the podcast. setup. <laughs> what's what's the setup podcast about? The setup podcast is about a uh, um about uh what's it called setting up and then tearing down uh, uh cons for concerts and stuff and talking like being about a roadie. Being a, yeah, exactly. It's about being a roadie. Dude, That's, I'd listen to that podcast. I would listen to that podcast if they worked with like a number of bands, but not just for the one same band all the time. Because then right. I would I would get bored of that pretty quickly. But yeah, they gotta they gotta do some they gotta do some interesting stuff. That's that's what I'm about. I'm about I want to hear I want to hear all about some different experiences about being a, a fucking roadie out on the road. Who different. do you think would be a good band to be a roadie for? Um, uh like a good band that treats you well that doesn't like keep you in a cage. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Definitely not always. Uh. Molly Rankin definitely keeps her male roadies in a cage and uh, beats them until they're unconscious. So yeah, wouldn't want to be a roadie for them, right? You trying to make me not want to do this? <laughs> definitely wouldn't want to be a roadie for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. No serious answer though. I think like a good roadie band would be uh. I'm not really sure. I would say like I would say like most jazz bands that have a, a shit ton of stuff like big bands like big bands um, they would they would appreciate <laughs> they would appreciate you for, for setting up their big band of, of instruments and stuff um, I would I would say them. What about you? What do you think? You know who I actually think just seems like really nice people um, I think Yola Tango I feel like they would be just really nice and like help you out. Like they would like try and help you carry their stuff in. They just seem like good, wholesome people, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you can't like actually let the band like help you. No, no. You right. Gotta, right. Gotta, like they'd offer. That's you got to mean. box them out, and, like throw an elbow <laughs> at their head and stuff. <laughs> like, Get the fuck out of here. That's my job. You can play the music. We're not here to see me fucking set up bullshit. Fucking Yola Tango being helpful. Get the fuck out of here. I I wanna First off, can you can you introduce the show actually? Uh yeah, welcome to twenty twenty three, everyone. It's a new year. It is a new year and it's a little bit late in the year, uh, cause cause some people's lives get caught into a motherfucking tailspin. Um 
This is a this is a weekly drive by 2023 edition. 2023. Okay, now we're not actually you're, doing. You're doing all 2023 of those, right? We'll, One for we'll, each year. We'll edit that in. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Um, welcome everyone to the to the weekly drive by, uh, the 2023 edition. The uh, recently, recently graduate school alumni edition. Recently, uh, no, I don't think I want to say anything else. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing, recently, uh, recently, uh, yeah, recently, just doing pretty well, I guess. I don't know, like every overall, everything, yeah, just just kind of hanging in there. Twenty twenty three, start of a new year. I don't know. There's not. I don't. I'm not really sure what else to say right now. Recently unemployed. Recently, uh, without a without a home. I don't know. I mean, I mean, shout out to being unemployed, right? I mean, that's a positive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big big shout out to that. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. it's um, one of the many one of the many freedoms that you have in this country is the freedom to be unemployed. Uh, I'm I'm so you know I'm happy that you got to choose that for yourself, but you know right now I actually I want to start off the show talking about a, a different freedom that we enjoy yeah. in this country. Yeah. Uh, that the evil demon Democrats decided that we should not be able to enjoy. Um, okay. But now, now we can. This is something that um, our our big big friend of the show, big big anti friend of the show actually, um, Nancy Pelosi apparently had had banned. She banned this. Oh. Nancy Pelosi was banning things. Oh, fucking Nancy Pelosi banned one thing by herself. I, I, I guess as speaker, she could do this. Um, what the fuck? She banned it in 2007. Okay. How dare she? Okay, that's a long now, time ago. Now that we got based Republicans back in the House, it has been unbanned. Do you have you have you heard of what I'm talking about? I definitely have not heard of what you're talking about. So I'm curious to hear what you're talking about is how the I'm fuck did about, Nancy Pelosi I'm talking dance about it? I'm talking about motherfucking Sigs inside in the Capitol. No way. No way. No way. All right, I'm gonna yep. need some full detail. Can I go as a patron and smoke inside? No, I don't know if you can. Um, yeah, what the that... fuck? <laughs> I'm trying to find like a little bit more, uh, more, more details on this story. Uh, oh but God. first of all, you know, we're, we're stuck in this dumb bullshit situation where everybody's like, please pay to read this full article. Please, please disable your ad blocker to read this whole article. Motherfucking Fox News. Dude, I'm not, I'm not disabling my ad blocker for you. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Uh, but no, like. The closest, like, unblocked uh, source. The closest, like, the only unblocked source that I can find on this is fucking Salon. So thanks, Fox News. Fox News, you're pushing me on to Salon right now. This is what you did. This, this is, is your fault. Want. Yeah, and it's so editorialized. It's you know the title of their article is "Getting Lung Cancer to Own the Libs: House Republicans Want to Make Smoking Great Again," which is just it's a fucking dumb title, dude. I didn't. Yeah, I fucking don't... it is a dumb title, as if it never was great. Fucking smoking inside. exactly. Yeah, goddamn man, dumb salon. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to. It's there's it's just it's it's just an opinion piece. Like I don't 
I don't want to, I don't want this person's opinion about like, oh, smoking is bad. Gee, yeah, thanks. You think fuckers don't know that? You think people are smoking like, boy, this in 2023, they're like, boy, this is so healthy. No, they know. They don't care. That's, this is not the point. Um, nobody needs you to tell me, to tell them that uh, smoking is not healthy for you. But uh, I got to go to fucking boingboing.net for this. Are you kidding me? That sounds like a porn site, dude. Come on. <laughs> I, I I mean that's got to be a porn site. Boing boing dot net. <laughs> they're they're really not even smoking cigarettes. It's people smoking cigars. Yeah, but man, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna smoke a cigar for every single right or every single like good bill that they like destroy, man. They gotta fucking <laughs> pass that cigar thing early. Be like, we're gonna smoke for every fucking thing that we block, and we're gonna ruin Joey Brandon's last two years because we're fucking gonna own the libs. And stop trannies, tranny invasion. <laughs> that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, but um, that's that's basically all I had to start off with is um, you know, big big shout out to the House Republicans on that. Um, you know, almost make me want to join them. You know, if I can do Why six inside. Why is Nancy inside? Pelosi such a goddamn bitch for not <laughs> having six inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That seems like. To just ban it in like 2007, um, that seems weird. Apparently, Bill Clinton in 97 banned smoking in uh, many federal buildings, but only those under the control of the executive branch. So, I think, uh, I think like the late 2000s was when most of that no smoking inside certain buildings was really taking place. You know, bars were the last like thing to you know but like no smoking in supermarkets no smoking inside you know whatever sort of building you want to name off but that's like when it was really taking place and i guess just the house you know the the congress congressional houses were uh, were part of that wave you know I'm, at least i remember mm-hmm. that i remember a lot of like when people were really fucking upset about like not being able to smoke inside whatever building they wanted they were like making a huge piss fit about it and it was uh you know i mean like they were gonna lose the war anyway but they were just really upset that they couldn't smoke wherever they wanted but most people were like just just can you not smoke please anymore like it's disgusting yeah um i'm seeing some other article now on freebeacon.com it says uh fake news alert indoor smoking is still banned in the capital but it shouldn't be i don't understand what's going on anymore i know yeah all the news is fake all of it so uh this this is the same website i'm sorry (laughs) this is the same website that on their sidebar um in their culture section says fact check is tom brady's new girlfriend jewish so i don't know how seriously i should take the reporting yo Um, she is though i'm just telling you she is she's she's got she's got giant boobs by the way (laughs) oh i see okay all right (laughs) all right i don't know why this is like a uh Free Beacon is Free Beacon is a meme site. Uh, as far as I know, it's a total joke site. Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like satirical or not. I mean, it's probably not, but it's like for terminally online right wingers to just shit talk about whatever stuff. And I I don't know. I 
most of those sites like Free Beacon, oh, we're true news or like some bullshit. And then they like, talk about, oh, is Tom Brady's <laughs> girlfriend Jewish? <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Thank you. Cutting edge journalism. <laughs> Truly the, the completely neutral, un, unfathomed news. Yeah, their um their tagline is covering the enemies of freedom the way the mainstream media won't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of freebeacon.com on my work. <laughs> I'm gonna blacklist right I'm gonna blacklist <laughs> that from my computer now. <laughs> um so not really in the same vein at all. Uh but but I wanted to I wanted to early get out uh my opinion too on my uh, musical idea that I have been baiting uh, certain people with over the last uh, week or so. So I've got an idea, and I I had this idea when I was uh when I was driving. Of course, you know when you're driving, you like think about think about a bunch of ideas that you would not normally otherwise think about. And uh, I had an idea, and I was uh, I had this idea when I was driving in the uh, very creative state, um, the creative expression state of. Uh, of in of indiana and uh yeah decided that like oh these things that i'm driving on like you'd have i I think they fix potholes or like road inconsistencies in a very specific way on like kind of throwing down a one foot by however wide like a lane is i don't know how many feet that is but like a one foot by however many feet little patch of cement and when you drive over them they make a noise and just on the virtue of India having Indiana having like a lot of potholes and like a lot of like of these things to fix them and them being at really irregular spaces, I'm like, bro, someone someone can drive over this and make a song like so and like make a real song with this. And uh, I, I know it's been done. I know that there are like roads that have like certain divot spacing. And like you're supposed to drive over them at a certain speed so that the tires m- like make a sound. I know, like I think "Ode to Joy" is written on a street somewhere, like in the form of like these divots where you drive over at a certain mile per hour or kilometer per hour, and you like you you play the song. Um, but no, I don't want to do that because that's fucking stupid and that's already done. Like we got to make a drone song with uh with the with these like with these roads. And uh, like tires, and you drive over them in a certain thing. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like divots. Like, if you're driving to an airport, like, but like, maybe you maybe you know this, but like most of the airports, when you're driving in, like you have those bumps on the road that go like so that you slow down because you think you're driving over something physical. Um, I'm not talking like those. I'm talking like very wider, uh, like long I mean like longer distance thing than like those divots and you can drive over certain surfaces that create different tones and if you drive over at certain speeds of course you'll you'll make a different tone too um I want to make a I want to make a drone song I, I want to make a drone song with these with this type of road but um you're gonna need to like so I, I thought about how how I would do this and Basically, you gotta you gotta buy a, a fucking huge plot of land, and this land has to be circular, so that you can drive and like have the roads 
aligned next to each other and kind of make like a lollipop formation and you know so because like you could you could just have a straight line that goes for like three miles or whatever but like you, you you'll need to make it like private because like i'm sure some some town in the middle of bumfuck nowhere is going to be really pissed off if you try to like mess with the roads <laughs> um because that's like Everybody literally that... all they have Everybody that lives in like a certain radius just hears that drone song every day. <laughs> no, well, you you would be like messing with the roads, and they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Don't do that!" Like, I'm thinking what you what you do. Um, so first off, the first solution is like you buy a plot of land and you make a lollipop, like a circle of road that you kind of keep driving increasingly like inward on, probably inward. Um, so because you could drive faster, um, maybe like maybe like five or six revolutions or so, like, but it would have to be a really, really big radius, and you'd have to like make a lot of road and stuff. Uh, or the second form or the second like plan is to to do it in like Death Valley somewhere, but maybe that would be pretty hard because it's like hot there all the time, like, you'd have to do the construction in winter, but like, you, you just have to like would would have to do the construction on like a road that no one ever drives and like i know top gear is like driven on some of these specific roads that are in like new mexico or arizona or um yeah probably those two places the most and like there are definitely some specific roads that you could do where just no one fucking goes there ever like even west texas you could probably find some roads that are like that um and like just kind of fuck around on some really long straight road that gives you like a 25 like some 25 mile stretch of road that you could make like a 20 minute song on and like drive at like 80 miles an hour or something or like something similar and uh and just and just make the song that way that's my idea and uh it would be a drone song and it would be uh you know, maybe you'd add a little bit of instrumentals, but it would mostly be just the sound of tires uh, moving over pavement stuff. I feel like it, wait. Uh, so you just want to like change the um, like the the pitch of what driving sounds like, basically, and make a song out of it. Not the not the pitch, but not not. I'm not changing the pitch, but I'm saying use the pitch of the tires like with the road uh as as you're driving to to create a song from uh you know just the extended long period noise of uh of the tires as you drive and and you should probably use like a car that has a very quiet motor for this i'm thinking like a prius or a tesla or something similar I, I don't really care. It just shouldn't have a very strong engine noise. Uh, but yeah, that that's what you would do the best with. And you could definitely make a road with like certain like top materials for a road. Because like there's, I mean, just from driving through a very long distance, like there are a lot of different places that use different composites for the top of their road. Like the pavements, the pavement cement, whatever you want to call it, like there's a lot of different types of pavement and I'm just thinking that like I mean we haven't we haven't really we haven't really even tested the limits of of what drone music you can make with that 
I, I like the idea, at least in the sense of like playing around with, with different uh, textures of, I guess, material um, to drive on and crafting some sort of music out of that. But that seems like a lot of effort to go through to make drone music. Okay. I can see why you'd say that. Because I led, I led with the really stupid idea of that lollipop, like, circular drive thing. Like, that's fucking dumb. Like, no. I mean, someone should just say, no, that's stupid. Why would you make a circular road just for this fucking... No, you should just take a road that already exists and go dick around with it, you know, add some stuff onto it, like some 25-mile stretch of road that exists somewhere out in the desert and go jack around with it in December, probably around Christmas time when no one is going to drive on this road and no one will really care if you go mess around with it, like between Christmas and new year's and stuff. And then, uh, you know, you could, you could use that road to, to make your drone song. But I mean, you could just, you could just, if you, if you drive long distance, you would know that your tires make different, a different resonant noise with the, uh, with the pavement, depending on the pavement, like, composition or like surface material it can be done i'm just saying it can be done it, it can be done yeah, yeah. again what do you like think I, about that I, I get i get the idea of it but like if you want to i mean that'd be like a good a good gimmick to get me to listen to something like hey we we made this this album entirely um you know by by driving long distances on these different compositions of materials i'd listen to it and then i'd be like well okay but you didn't have to do that like it almost reminds me of um when i when i tried to get into some like lowercase music um not even tried to get into it just checked it out because there's a really famous album called forms of paper have you heard of that one i think i've heard the name but not the it's like the one lowercase album anybody knows about. Um, <laughs> it's by a guy named Steve Roden. And apparently like the idea of it was he, he had made this album entirely um, out of like doing different things with like paper, just like, you know, either like folding or, or tearing or like crumpling paper in some kind of way. And he made an album out of it. And it's like, okay, that's cool. What does this sound like? And it just sounds like something that you didn't need to do that to do. Like it, either you would, you can't even hear that it was made, you know, by uh, sampling like paper modification sounds. It's like, okay, you made your, you know, kind of wacky experimental album, but like you could have done this with anything. Like you didn't need to put this much work into it. And it doesn't, it doesn't benefit the piece really. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. that. I, uh, I, uh, I would, I would actually like to hear that album just to see, it's like, fucking boring, dude. <laughs> damn, fucking not a friend of the show, Paperman. <laughs> Paperman, good movie, uh, starring Emma Stone. Good movie. <laughs> I, uh, I was what there was some fucking Emma Stone movie that was on my mom's TV. Easy A, it was Easy A, and. uh Gotta say, uh, Emma looks really fucking good in that movie. Like, I'm not sure what it is, but um, yeah, 
In fact, I know exactly what it is. Uh, Emma Stone is is an attractive woman. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So, uh, so, 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 what else does uh, what else does the Marcus have on this uh, splendid Wednesday night? It is Wednesday, January eighteenth. Right. All right. So I'm. Uh, I got. I got a few albums that I'm going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Um, because I've been listening to so much shit lately, and I've been rating so much shit lately. Uh, I just I've been back on my RYM game, dude. My 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 ratings are moving. Um, I did have a pretty terrible period a while ago where you ever get into those stretches where like everything you're rating, you're like ah two point five, uh, two, uh, maybe a three in here, but it's just that for like twenty ratings. And you're like, why do I do this? Why do I listen to music? I'm bored. This is boring. Uh, I had one of those. And uh, a certain album snapped me out of that, and I'll get into that one a little bit later. But right now, I want to talk about uh, my album for this week that I picked for the show, which uh, is an album that came out January 6th, 2023. Um, right now, it's sitting at a, a, a crisp 3.44 from 126 ratings. Uh, which is enough to put it at number three for 2020 or number 30 for 2023 so far. Uh, primary genre here, atmospheric black metal, secondary genres, progressive metal, space ambient, technical thrash metal. Uh, this is by a band called Iravu or Iravu. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce their name. Uh, the album is called A Fate Worse Than Home, and this is a Malaysian. Uh, one-person band black metal project. So this is actually, I think, the first project from Malaysia that I've ever listened to, if I'm thinking hard enough. Now, okay. interesting. Here's what you're getting into here. What What do you think of when you when you hear those genre tags of atmospheric black metal, progressive metal, space ambient, technical thrash metal. Do you feel like, you know, this is going to be something very, very bold or daring or like what's going through your mind when you hear that? Um, I was going to say, I'm going to say that with those, with those, um, with those genre tags, that this is going to be a smorgasbord of just fucking random ass noise that people tried to assign genre tags to and uh, ended up being just really unfocused really uh without much cohesion and maybe something that i like to listen like that i enjoy listening to but just is not something that has a lot of organization at all so that's a little off base um from what i what i picked up on this um which again i mean you haven't listened to it how would you actually know uh but the thing is, like these genres, really, they're they've all been sort of mixed in in familiar ways, um, especially in in the past decade. Uh, this whole oh, I'm I'm out in space, and there's, there's a concept album about space, and I got the black metal thing going, and it's kind of technical at points, and we got some riffs, and we got some some more ambient parts too. Um, you know, the, it's it just it is a little uh, played out, I feel like. Um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind, um, which this does share some musical similarities to, especially later on in the album, um, is actually Vector. Like, that's their whole thing, basically. 
is the whole ah we're, we're trapped in outer space it's so isolating like instead of being that isolated norwegian guy out in a forest in the middle of winter you're out in the depths of space like that's the only real difference so this this uh eravu fate worse than home not a very original project i don't think so it's all stuff i feel like i've heard before that being said okay first two songs here i'm 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 i really don't care i'm I'm kind of tuned out. Like maybe the first song, I'm kind of into it a little bit. Title track, it's about eight minutes long. I don't really remember it much. Didn't I've listened to this album a couple of times now. Um, the the first song does not stick out to me much. Which, by the way, this is a 34 minute album, uh, which is part of why I listen to it. Not a lot. <laughs> Second song, the creature. Uh, again not really you know lodging in my memory too deep it didn't feel like it was too special i'm gonna just keep going uh third track reflection this actually is sort of where it starts getting a little less predictable um this is basically just in this is the space ambient track really um it's it's just something to serve as an interlude between like the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes and it's just there to sort of like add to the atmosphere um i'm not mad at it i'm not happy with it it's not a super interesting song but i like that it's there to to change up the pace a little bit mm -hmm. now we get a track four fear and lead that's my shit dude that's my shit i'm in on it i love it it's good it's great um that seems like the the style of the album kind of just like changed at that point um the earlier stuff leaned a little bit heavier on just creating atmosphere, uh, just being like your your typical Atmo Black kind of thing. Uh, they get a lot more technical on Fear and Lead. Uh, there's a lot of different riffs being thrown at you. Um, sometimes they don't really land. Like sometimes they end up in in doing a bit of like riff juggling, where it's like, oh, here's this thing, here's this thing, here's this thing. Now we're going back again. Here's that first thing, and here's that second thing, and here's that third thing. Like. There's, there's not a lot of cohesiveness between the riffs, mm -hmm. um, but the drumming is great. Like The drumming on this whole album is stellar, but on Fear and Lead, I think that's where it reaches its peak. Um, again, it's not anything that you probably haven't heard before, but it's done well enough to, to really get you into it. Um, it's a little frustrating that it takes until the fourth song on your five-song black metal project to, to finally give me something that makes me want to break things but we got there so I'm, I'm happy for it of course um and then the last song home it starts off with a riff that on that kind of reminds me of something i would have heard from like a a good heavy 90s alternative rock band which really caught me off guard i, I wasn't expecting that at all and they build on that a little bit and then eventually kind of do the whole, yeah, yeah, we're actually a black metal band thing. And, you know, it's 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 a good transition. It, it works well. Um, but it was either this song or the song before it where there's a certain riff where I'm like, this is just this is just the riff from Rain and Blood. Like, they just basically took it. Um, perhaps unintentionally. Maybe unintentionally. Because I feel like if you're an extreme metal band, it's it's hard not to copy Rain and Blood at certain points. Um but like that main riff from Rain and Blood, I think, shows up in a slightly altered form here, which is like, ah, 
it's a little too explicit for me. I'm I'm fine with referencing Slayer and all this stuff, but it's just it's a little too explicit for me. So overall, uh, for a debut album, by the way, this is Irabu's debut album after two EPs. I'm happy with it. Uh, it's a good listen. It's only 34 minutes, so it gets in and gets out. I'm giving it a three out of five. I'm I'm giving a positive rating to my first listen of 2023, which uh, makes me happy. I'm starting off on a good note here. That's good. Yeah, nice, nice little comfy three out of five to start the year of of just good enough music that you you know would would hope to be a, a foundational building block to hopefully find better music in the future. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious as to why you give a three out of five when you say that fear and lead is where it actually gets going, which, you know, fear and lead comes in about 19 minutes, like about halfway through the, uh, the album. Right. So, I mean, the first two songs aren't bad. That's the thing. They're not bad. It's just, they're not interesting. Um, so if I was just rating the the first two songs, I'd be like, okay, this is a 2.5 right here. Like, it's music. It happened. It didn't bother me, but I'm not going to go back to it. Um, and then track three, like I said, it's just a just an ambient interlude. Um, it's there again. It's a good change of pace. Um, I like it just for like a, a, a break between some more intense metal moments. Um, and then you get to Fear and Lead and Home, which I think are both good songs. Not not, you know, amazing songs like Fear and Lead. Pretty good. I, it could be a great song. I might call it a great song. Uh, home, pretty good song. So I think all in all, that kind of just averages out to a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so similarly to uh, to your album, where you had a uh, an album on uh, that was released on January sixth, twenty uh, twenty twenty three. So far, I am certainly at some point going to say twenty twenty two, and I mean twenty twenty three. Um, trying to get to the RYM page of mine. Fuck. Had it fucking up a while ago. Yeah. I, uh, I too, have a release that was on the same day, uh, January 6th, 2023. And, uh, my Big shout-out to January 6th. Sorry. Yeah, big shout-out to January 6th. Um, I have a, uh, release that is a, an album-slash-collaboration uh, I, you know what I'm going to say it these days, we need more collaborations. I, I think that, I think that there are not enough standout artists that are on the new, uh, that are, that are strong enough to make it on their own that, I mean, collaborations were made, you know, were started because we had, you know, two artists that really couldn't make it on their own that when they did a collaboration project, it was really, really good. People then knew both artists really, really well. And, uh, you know, usually one would do a lot better than the other, you know, even after just a year or two. Um, but I listened to an, I, a collaboration by a, by a band, by two bands, uh, called the first one called Asian Glow and the second one called Sonhol's Tomon Kanta. And uh, the, first, the first of which, uh, Asian Glow, is a second half of another... Um, collaboration that i had listened to in 2020 in 2022 which was uh called i want to find the album right it was called weather glow and weather glow i mean this uh this person has done um uh, asian glow has done 
a few different collaborations. They did one with Paranol, you know, big fan of Paranol over here, um, which I forgot. I surprised I have not listened to. That was in 2022 as well. Um, but I listened to Weatherglow collaboration with Weatherday, and they were. Uh, I I'm a big fan of big fan of Weatherday, so I listened to that one. And uh, Weatherglow was was a very good uh, blend of both styles. So now in uh, 2023. Uh, we have what's called Dream Glow, which is Asian Glow, and then this other band that I have not heard of before. Uh, this other band is a Brazilian shoegaze, dream pop, and uh, black gaze band. Um, not sure if it's a band or just one person, but uh, I, there's a total lack of accreditation on this page, uh, despite it having an album with 4,000, uh, with four, four, almost 5,000 ratings. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to ROAM for the lack of collaboration or lack of accreditation on that. Um, so we have this album slash collaboration that is uh, got 38 minutes. Uh, the genres are shoegaze, screamo, and post-hardcore with, uh, with subgenres called emo, noise rock, black gaze, and post-metal. Uh, once again, I am asking for a definition of post-metal. Please, someone <laughs> describe what it is, because I don't know what it is, and I would love to know what it is. Uh, I don't even really necessarily believe that post-rock is a is a well-defined genre, but it's, you know, people define it on feels. Uh, I don't know what post-metal post is defined on at all. I don't know how it's defined. I don't it's, know what it's the metal. It's, are. It's just post-rock, but metal, dude. Again, I am asking for one person <laughs> to define it. I'm begging you, please help me uh, with this. So, I'm going to say this about this album. Uh, Black A's should have by far been the first genre. Not even a primary genre, the first genre. Uh, this is a Black A's slash Screamo album, not really necessarily a Shoegaze Screamo album. Um, but after listening to this album, I was very, very flummoxed by the decision on the vocalist to go. The first two songs scream or uh, more screamo or melodic. Or no, sorry. The first two songs to go more melodic. The second, the third and fourth, and maybe is fifth ish uh, songs to go screamo, and then beyond that, go melodic again. Um, Usually you think the other way around, if you just flip all of those, that that would be like the prototypical Black Gaze album. You know, you have some melodic stuff in the middle, but most of the stuff you're doing a lot of screamo, a lot of harsh vocals, and etc., etc. Um, I will be uh, very upfront and frank. The first song, Voices in Delirium. Um, I did not think that a human could make uh, a sound, could could mimic the sound of a of of a bat trying to sing, um, they did it. They they sure did it. Whoever it was, um, the, it's 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 as if you made like an acidic chemical, and you you kind of transduced that acidic chemical into a vocalist, and they tried to sing, and there you go. That's that's what you got out of that. Um, in the second half of that song, Voices in Delirium, the opening song, by the way, you, you do hear the bat try to sing. Um, <laughs> I did not find that very appealing. Um, I was not expecting it either, but that's, that's, that's what we got. That's what we got to work with. Um, 
but I will say that a lot of the song, um, this this really gets hard on Hang the Ball, uh, which is the third song of the album. This this uh, this song Hang the Ball gets really really hard in the drums. You know, you get a lot of blast beats that are typical in black metal, and you get a lot of uh, this is where the harsh vocals come in, and it really hits hard. And this this was like the this was the song where I'm like, okay, I'm interested in now. Eight minutes in, I'm finally we're finally getting somewhere, and um, kind of a lot of it dissipates on the perfect discarnate you know you get a little bit of the same but it's a lot weaker in almost every category you have a little bit of the melodic stuff here and there and and then uh whispering desolate graves you get you know you get a returnal to the um to the uh to like the the harsher vocals with the heavier blast beats and just a lot more of the uh the screamo and just general shoegaze mix in uh i will say that a lot of this stuff um, I would say a lot of the mixing is very, very prototypical to a lot of stuff that Asian Glow, or um, I would say that Nouns, a lot of your, a lot of your shoegazier Midwest emo or just emo projects that have come out in the last five years have uh, have entailed on. And um, one thing that I will really say, as far as the closing track, uh, De Contros or Desencontros, um. This I was really uh, I was not expecting to enjoy this song as much as I did because it is an eleven minute song. Um, this is a song that the 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 song gets progressively heavier and noisier and it builds on you and it builds on you and it builds on you all the way until the very end. And uh, I I I was not expecting it and I really felt it kind of around the seven minute mark. I'm like. Oh shit! I get it now. This is getting even better and better and better and better. And uh, I gotta say, as far as closing tracks go, it's it's definitely the best of the year so far. Hey, he did it! He did it! Give me the gun now for it. Yep, there it is. <laughs> no, the closing track is really really good though. I I I'm a big fan of a lot of the. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm I'm not sure if this is like. It's definitely like a. I guess the best way that I would describe it is it's like a lo-fi mix. The mixing is not very good. It's very lo-fi, but I enjoy the end quality of it. And this is just very characteristic of a lot of the emo stuff that has come out since 2018, 2017, 2018. Um, I, I'm a big fan of where the emo, where the emo genre has gone after, like from 2018 and beyond. A lot of the mixing is done messily but it feels very messy on purpose and right. this album has has that characteristic and uh i was i'm a fan of that and i'm a fan of uh i'm a fan of a lot of the general instrumentals that go on um the vocal style i could really take it or leave it when it's the melodic whiny stuff um which is a little bit more than i would really like on this album uh though i i am a fan of uh the black metal influence that I believe the secondary artist brings. I'm going to try and say it right. It's Brazilian, which is like, it's like Spanish, but you're going to mess it up really bad. Sonhos Tomam Canta. So I'm going to, I'm going to also give this a three out of five. And that is, that is subject to change. That is a subject to change based on, you know, I will listen to this in some number of months because I think there is probably a 90% chance that Asian Glow does a collaboration within the rest of 2023 because he did two last year with two artists that I enjoy. So, you know, I'm just going to expect it. 
and it's it's going to come out, and they'll be like, oh, shit, yeah, I should go listen to that other collab I listened to, and then I might like it a little bit more, so we'll, we'll, uh, we will see um, how that goes. But I, I would say it's worth a listen. It's a 38-minute 38, 38 album, and uh, I know that you like 38-minute albums, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, go give it a listen. All right, Chief, you gotta you gotta rank the Asian Glow co- collaboration albums right now. Um, well, I've listened to two. I've gotta I've gotta find uh, all the collaborations that I. Uh... So I God didn't didn't we listen to Downfall of the Neon Youth a while ago, like way back? Uh, I have not. I don't have it rated anyway. Well, maybe I, I just I... listened to it then. That's interesting because I I feel like I I would have listened to this, but uh, I I don't have it rated. And I I think I should. Uh, I think that's interesting because I've definitely listened to Paranol. Yeah, actually, you might have brought it up. Now that I think about it, I feel like you had brought it up at one point because I had listened to Paranol uh, a long a long way back, and uh, maybe you had brought up Downfall of the Neon Youth from that. Uh, but I never listened to it. Now I feel like okay. I, I feel like I'm obligated to listen to it now, and I kind of would like to. That along with uh, Paraglow. But if you're gonna ask me to, uh, what the fuck? There's a there's a thing called Cover Glow. Okay. Is it cover songs? This looks like a this looks like a face reveal, but a really abstract face reveal. Huh. Yeah, cover. This is a this is. Also released in 2022. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put a gun to my head and tell me to rank Paraglow, Weatherglow, and uh, Dreamglow, I would say Weatherglow is certainly first. I, I never, I, I never said this, but if we were gonna count uh, Weatherglow because it is, it is under under RYM as an EP, so I did not, I did not put it in my. 2022 list uh it would have been in my 2022 list if it was if it would have counted for an ep uh but it does not so um i'm going to say Weatherglow is first i am going to say that i would probably rank paraglow second though i've not listened to it but i do like paranol a lot more than than this uh sonhos tonum kanta person uh who is i'm i'm guessing is a heavier black gaze uh influence and then I would put uh, Dream Glow third. All right, all right. Yeah. Fair. Uh, when Fair. I will say, I will say, when I picked this album out, it was first on the year, and I want to say that that was probably like a week ago, uh, back on like January 11th or whatnot, and it is now sixth. It is, uh, as we say, sliding down the charts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you actually you got to feel bad for stuff that charts so uh, that releases at the beginning of the year and ends up, you know, high up on the charts, because then you get everybody who's just looking at like, you know, oh, what what are the best albums of 2023 so far now that like I can actually track it and everybody flocks to those albums and it gets way more attention than it would have otherwise. And then, you know, it might end up in a lower position because of that. But it all even out by the end of the year. I'm definitely saying that because this released on the in January that this is like taking a solid minus zero point two shot to the face because of that. I mean, this would yeah. not be below a three point five if it was released in like October. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna get into another 2023 rating while we're out here. 
This is uh, something I found fiddling around the EP charts for 2023. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what's out there, you know? I wanted to, to get a quick listen in because uh, I'm trying to stay a little bit more on top of things this year. And um, it's something from an artist that I actually uh, sent uh, a quick picture of in the in the in the elite music taste chat where there was a certain supporter on this album who who looked a little familiar to me um or no this is a supporter on one of the singles for this album uh where somebody on Bandcamp who who supported this band um uses the profile picture of osama bin laden i don't know why maybe it's him maybe he's still alive maybe. i don't know i never saw a body did you <laughs> i didn't i sure didn't know <laughs> So I mean, we we know he had all kinds of crazy shit on his hard drives. Maybe he's a fan of uh, a, an EP that has primary genres of indie rock and alternative rock, and secondary genres of post grunge, shoegaze, and Midwest emo. This is an artist called Race Cars, and this is an EP called Always Wanted to Be. I'm gonna I'm gonna be quick about this one because it's only 20 minutes long. And um, when I got to it, we don't have to talk about my truck. <laughs> from yeah, race so cars. before I got to it, this had six ratings. Uh, the first was a four. The second was a 4.5. The third is a four. The fourth is a four. The fifth is a four. The sixth, or it had six ratings. Sorry, I gave it the seventh. Um, the sixth was a 3.5. So I was like, okay, this this. Seeming like it's got some some good ratings, it might be decent. It's not. It's bad. Ooh. I don't. I don't think you need to listen to it. Um, my biggest criticism here is that like they have some some decent ideas every now and again. Um, it is tending towards the landfill side of things, which fine comes with the territory of being the first EP by a a band that you know doesn't seem to have figured out a distinct sound yet. They're just kind of throwing different kinds of alternative rock together. Um, but part of it, it just seems like they didn't really take it that seriously. Like it's, it's kind of a, a joke. I mean, I'm, I'm all for humor in music if you can pull it off. Right. But the, the kind of humor um, they're using here is, is just like that very kind of like to me cliche, um, like kind of ironic humor that maybe we should have left back in in like 2017 or something at the latest like the way the lyrics are delivered is just not it just doesn't sound serious at points um nascar dad is kind of a fun song too and and maybe my favorite song on here because again i like the idea of it where he's talking about you know i've always wanted to be a nascar dad way too buzzed for a sunday my wife checking in every 50 some laps i always wanted to have a couple kids let them run around let them be themselves i always wanted to be a nascar dad but the world won't last and i think that's kind of a fun perspective to look at things from but it seems like they're kind of making fun of that character and I don't know. I just can't get into it. Like it's it's too much. Like it's it's too much cynical irony for me. I'm I'm not there for it. And the musicianship isn't that. It's you know typical indie band. Like they they kind of they know what they're doing. Um, but it's nothing special. Um, yeah. They describe themselves on their band camp as uh, 
the alternative tunes from Nashville, Tennessee. That's probably all you need to know about race cars. Two out of five. Two out of five. Now, this was not the band that is supported by Bin Laden, right? This is the band that's supported by Bin Laden. I mean, I would give them a 2.5 just on that. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's, you know, that's, they're good people. They're good people based on that. No, I'm kidding, though. <laughs> like, I mean, but that's pretty funny to see that, you know, someone someone's still cool enough to, to throw out the Bin Laden reference. We are supported by some of Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, so what other RYM have you been doing? Have you been, have you been, uh, have you been flame worn in comment boxes and stuff? No, no, dude, I'm, I'm too old for that these days. I, I can't, I feel like I can't get mad on the internet anymore. Like I've done it too much. I can't even like enjoy making other people mad on the internet anymore. Cause one, it's too easy. It's just too easy. It's far too easy. Yeah. I, I think back to that image of like the, the back in my day, trolling used to be difficult thing and. I don't know if maybe it's just because we're getting older, but I feel like I connect to that a lot more now where I can see, I can tell when somebody's posting bait and I'm like, why are people still replying? Like, it's so obvious. Why yeah. reply to that? Yeah. I just don't even, I just look at that and I'm like, why do you guys care? Like, why? Who can expend it? In, in part, partly it's like, I can uh, just look at it and be like, why the fuck would I give any energy to that? I just don't have any energy to give to that. <laughs> and some people over here like have, you know, some people are just vastly different. Some people have like, you know, addictions to the internet that like they are, uh, they are like frothing at the mouth to go and have some fucking sort of online battle. Um, you know, and I just looked at him and be like, I'm just I'm just not a very online guy like you. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I just I just I don't get it either. I, I don't even think it's trolling anymore. It's just fucking it's like playing some verbal dance where it's like, oh you get the reference, now you have to be mad. Like you have to pretend <laughs> to be mad and stuff. And I, I don't know why people do it. It's so it's so draining. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've just been doing a lot of rating different things. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking through the list right now and trying to pick out anything that might have been interesting over the past couple of weeks. And um, I actually have one here. Uh, it's an album that came out in 2020. Um, it's called Bless. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it with a little thing over the e. Uh, Blessed Repair, even though it doesn't have the little thing over the e, so it's really just Blessed Repair. Um, this is an album with genres of free jazz and free improvisation. And the artist here is the, or there's no the, it is a Baldy Garrix duo. Do those names sound familiar to you? Say the second one again. Garrix, G-E-R-Y-C-Z. I, I think it's Garrix. It might be Jarex. I don't know. Uh, it's not familiar to me. Um, but if you embarrass me and say that you should remember this, then I'll, I'll be kind of upset. So the name Baldi doesn't sound familiar to you? B-A-L-D-I? I think it does. I think it does. You, I don't, you I don't know, know these guys. You know these guys. Yeah, now you're making me feel upset. <laughs> <laughs> Baldi yeah, kind of. It. Baldi does. Bald is... Um... All right, hit me with it. I don't know right now. I'm gonna, these, guys, uh, these guys are both in the same... Uh, 
a band that has put out a few a few albums over the past decade um their big hit was in 2012 with a a post-hardcore noise rock indie rock kind of album Baldy Garrick's 2012 noise rock. Uh, More on the line of post-hardcore indie rock than noise rock. Yeah, all right, I give up. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who the fuck Bald Baldy sounds familiar, but Garrick's does not. So these these are Dylan Baldy and Jason Garrick's, uh, who are two members of Cloud Nothings. Oh, okay. Um, they put out a free jazz album in 2020. What? <laughs> really how is it i'm actually i want to hear about, about how it is so they, they they've actually put out a few of these albums now as uh baldy garrick's duo uh where garrick's is on drums and dylan baldy is playing the sax on this now i had read that he played the saxophone in like a few different articles and stuff i did not know he actually knew how to rip it on that thing man he i i just did not expect him to be that good with it Mm-hmm. Um, the album itself, like it's a solid three. It's not like the, you know, it's a, it's a sax and drums, uh, free jazz album. So immediately, you know, the first thing you're going up against is going to be interstellar space. Like every it's, it's tough competition, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, it's just, it's interesting, at least in the fact that like, Garrick's drums like a rock drummer, you know, he's not drumming like a jazz drummer. So it's, it's interesting to hear him in that, in like a free jazz context. And of course, like Dylan playing the saxophone, it's like, Oh, well, nice that he did that. Um, it's 44 minutes long. The, the low lights here are unsurprisingly from, from my opinion, you know, the two longest songs, um, it's part one and part two of phonetic trams way, which mm-hmm. is split. You know, part one, track two, part four, or sorry, part two, track four. Why would you do this? Why? why? <laughs> Who does that? Who fucking does this shit? That's fucking annoying. Um, both of those, I think you kind of cut them, and I wouldn't care. Uh, Street Mantra, the first song, I, it's it's good. Um, that's where like I think it starts off kind of, kind of slower and and more contained um and then you eventually start to hear baldy just kind of like rip on the sax and you're like oh fuck okay i was i did not know i was getting into that but here we go and um the other two tracks are you know good enough um this one's just interesting more for the novelty of it like i i did not expect these two to do like a free jazz album and have it actually be listenable you know yeah really so I mean, if you want to check it out again, I, I gave it a three. I think it's a it's a it's worth a listen, especially if you like some of the, some of the stuff the Cloud Nothings have done. I'm uh, I'm looking at the track ratings, and uh, there are only two sets of track ratings that have been uh, released. One <laughs> of them is done by someone that rated it a three point five, but their average track rating is like. Uh, no, okay, it's a three. Never mind. I thought I was gonna say like they. They did track ratings, but they like they're tr- someone did okay. Wow, okay. There's two sets of track ratings. The other guy rated this album a 1.5 and gave like a 1.5 to every song except Street Monster. <laughs> uh, so justify well, not justifiably. Ju- I can now see why the track ratings are so low for this because I was like, what the fuck? 
Oh, and, and then I hover over it. I'm like, okay, there's only two track ratings, and one of them is a fucking pessimistic guy. Um, yeah, I mean, the album itself only has 36 ratings. Like, not a lot of people were checking in for this. I would, I would like to listen to what these guys would make over jazz, though. It probably won't be. I mean, free jazz, free improvisation. So they're just going to fucking twiddle their tongues around some reeds for a little bit and, and just release whatever comes out. But I, I would be willing to hear what they uh, put out. As far as what you said about like splitting track or part one and part two on songs two and four, what the fuck, guys? Seriously? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> this is so stupid. I got to agree. But yeah, this is yeah. one that I would uh I would listen to. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool one. Um, what else do we got going on in that? I, I I looked at I did scroll over your profile and I saw that you had had like uh somewhere like twenty ish ratings in the last couple weeks or so week or whatever. Yeah, I'll get to some of this other stuff in a second. But you you got another story here, right? You got something you're never gonna buy in your entire yes. life as long yes. as you live. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so I had uh, I've recently uh, recently been doing a lot of driving, as we had talked about, and uh, one of the, part of these uh, part of this driving was done in a uh, in a Rav Four Toyota Rav Four, and. Uh, Part of this drive, I was on a I was on a highway. I want to say this was in like maybe the southernmost tip of Indiana or like somewhere in Kentucky, uh, driving south towards uh, towards Virginia, and I had a uh, so there was an instance where I was in the leftmost lane. There was a car, uh, some number of lengths in front of me. I, I mean, not a whole lot, but you know enough where it wasn't I wasn't right on his tail. So there was a there was a large piece of like a tire shred in the road, and I was positioning myself that I would drive right over it, so the tire would like be in the middle of my car, and uh, the fucking dickhead moron in front of me decided that he was going to drive right over it like a fucking retard, and uh, I was very upset about that because what he ended up doing was kicking up that tire, and. Uh, what happened is that tire kicked up and on the on the driver's side like front portion of the car he knocked out the uh, i mean he unhinged the uh, call it a floodlight i guess it's like a light that's on the bottom of your car that's supposed to light up the road in front of you um knocked out the housing of the floodlight so it's like unhoused it's like just kind of it's hanging there still but it's not like perfectly housed the bigger problem was you know cars nowadays you know these new modern cars um they have what are called parking sensors in them Mm -hmm. and these parking sensors are little circles that kind of are flush with the with the body of the car on the you typically on the front bumper and the back bumper so that when you get close to something your car just starts beeping like a piece of shit really loudly um long story short that piece of tire completely un like fucking destroyed the sensor like not destroyed but like knocked out the sensor i don't know if the sensor is still there or not um my mom had gotten like an like figured you know had it sent to a body shop and whatever and um you know me me, me being like an engineer i'm thinking like okay 
well, all that's wrong is that the housing of the floodlight is fucked up. And uh, my guess is, so so what happened after that was whenever your car would go very, very slow, you know, you would creep it, you would creep at a slow distance or you would uh, be reversed. The car would beep and like show that sensor on the uh, on the dashboard because in my opinion, I thought the sensor was just dislodged not like completely uh you know broken because then it wouldn't even have a reading you know it wouldn't have a reading if it if it was like being noisy all the time like my thought was that it's just dislodged and it's like somewhere still in the body um but just not at like the not flush with the bumper anymore so uh my mom took it to a car repair shop and uh you know I don't know the I don't know the quality of this car repair shop but you know you think like uh in my head, I'm like, this is not going to be too expensive. $2,800 fucking dollars. 2800 US dollars is the first, like, diagnosis. And I'm going to be honest. I don't even believe that. I don't, I do not believe that. I don't believe that many car repairs can be $2,800. I especially do not believe that a car, like, parking sensor and whatever labor it would cost to rehouse the floodlight costs twenty eight hundred dollars. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. I think it's. I think they're trying to scam her. And I. But I am gonna say, if it's if it's true, if it's even above like one thousand uh, dollars, my man, I am never buying a fucking car with with those sensors <laughs> in it. I am never in my entire life. I would rather have a dumb car. Like a you know a, a two thousand you know early twenty tens model used car um, than anything with like these new parking sensors and like all of these new sensors are fucking just shit that is going to mess up with like at, at the slightest bit of contact because all I did was like all I did was some fucking dickhead drove over a tire and it kicked up towards me and you know sure enough that fucking is a is a giant repair and i'm gonna be honest what we ended up doing is uh is like turning the turning the parking like that parking noise off and like the the floodlight is still like it's in it's in fine condition it's not gonna like fly off or anything if it i'm just gonna say if it were me I wouldn't even fucking pay for it. I wouldn't even fucking have anything done. <laughs> like you just turn the parking system off and you're like, okay, well, my car's still good. Um, but obviously my mom's a different person. So, uh, and this, and this, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I did go on a rant to her about cars. I just said that cars are fucking dog shit and that they're just a giant hole in like any disposable income that you can possibly have. Like all throughout, all throughout, uh, all throughout grad school, like any disposable income I had just went into like car repairs. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, mom, I fucking despise cars because of this. I'm like, <laughs> dad, why do you think I don't like cars? Because every disposable income piece I went to went to fixing this shitty car. I don't even like, but I needed to get around like all the time. Like I'm just a fucking huge anti fan of cars at this yeah, point in my shout- life. Big shout out to American public transportation here. Some, some enemies of the show. Yeah, big enemies of the show. I mean, not the new guys that are trying to unfuck all of this, but, you know, just general highway, like the high, what do you call it? The Department of Transportation, the mm-hmm. uh, the highway, what do you call it? Not the highway patrol, but like the highway, 
I don't know. There's a board that goes into fi- like the board that goes into fixing highways and shit. Like all of them, just big anti fans of the show. So I'm mm-hmm. never buying. I don't. I would really like to not buy a new car for that. I don't want to buy a new car that has a bunch of fancy sensors in it that are gonna break at like any slight contact. Like I'm just. I'm just not a fan of it. I don't want one. I want like. I, not that I want a shit box, but I would like just. I would just like to enjoy a very simple car that has very simple features that just gets around on all that and does not have a lot of big maintenance problems. Yeah, something that just works. Something that just works, that doesn't have a lot of fucking bullshit in it, like those Mm -hmm. parking sensors. I mean, that's just... that, That enough is enough for me to like just be completely jaded towards all of those cars in the future. And... I'm it's just it's just sickening so that's uh those that's my thoughts on that big anti fan of uh cars with stupid sensors in them cars have gotten too smart I do think they have I mean I mean car manufacturers realize that they need to like improve their cars somehow and that people really like the you know the parking the extra parking stuff the parking can you know call them cameras call them uh call them sensors but like any of the parking technology that helps fucking really stupid people parallel park better <laughs> and uh you know helps stupid people like back out of their driveway so they don't hit anything um yeah like all of those extra features have made pretty much general maintenance a lot more expensive and, do you think uh, they've made driving safer though i think i would say so i mean i would say that driving is very 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 marginally safer because of those uh because of those additions like you know backing up so you don't hit anything like i mean where's what are you what are you really saving i mean like what how many i would i would love to know how many human how many human lives have been saved by like backup cameras i mean no one's gonna floor it when they hit the back when they when they go in reverse (laughs) they're like oh i didn't see you there no they're backing up at like five miles an hour so that's not really i mean you're not really saving a life there um, but as far as like, I mean, other cam, like what parking sensors, the only thing that parking sensors are saving are like, like little pieces of, a, you know, little fender benders, like hitting a parked car or hitting a wall or something like, are you really making it safer by doing that? No, I mean, there's no real net change in, uh, you know, preventing fender benders. So that's just, I would not say it's like, I would not say it's significantly safer because of that. Well, see, the number that I'm seeing when I hit up Big G in the sky for uh, how many lives have been saved by backup cameras is uh, they're saying it's it's between 58 and 69 lives every year. Uh, that's from, from HughesandColeman.com. Which Alexa, pull up motor deaths per year. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a friend of the show, Jen Briney, actually mentioned it on uh, the, le- the latest uh patreon only episode of congressional dish which 58 and for. 69 that is incredibly um, specific i think there are like forty thousand. she said deaths uh per year uh involving vehicle accidents in america yeah those 50 those 58 people are definitely worth it on the backup camera like okay i'm gonna be honest i think most of these backup camera like deaths prevented are babies and strollers Convince me otherwise, mm. or like there are like stupid kids that are like playing with shit out in the yard, and 
the backup camera doesn't hit them. Like it has to be children, right? So doesn't that make it better that we're saving more children's lives? No, because they're they're gonna fucking go to college and they're not gonna get a job until they're like twenty seven because they're gonna do grad school. Like they're not contributing to society. Those fucking bums. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh man. Um, hmm. Yeah, I fucking got him. You know, you know I'm right. You know I got, I got right. nothing to say to that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I, I think that's what I'm going to do for my next car purchase is a uh, is boycott anything that is boy. I'm boycotting any car that's over fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm boycotting any car that has stupid fucking parking sensors that are going to break as soon as like anything hits the car, and I mean anything because that shit should not have knocked out. You know that that impact should not have knocked out anything. So, yeah, big, big, big anti-fan of that. So what I'm reading from the Los Angeles Times, uh, this is an article they wrote back in 2016. So I don't I don't know if anything's changed since then. Uh, but apparently the NHTSA, which is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, um they, uh, quote, will mandate backup cameras in all passenger vehicles by 2018. So I'm not sure you can avoid that anymore. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily mind the cameras, uh, depending on, like, what location they're on in the car. But I'm talking about the front bumper ones, because, like, I mean, most of your problems are going to be on the front bumper. Like, you run, you know, something hits the front of your car and those things are fucking toast. Like if you hit a deer, those things are fucking toast. You're talking about a front mm-hmm. end like bumper replacement. That shit's going to be like five times what it really should be. Um, I don't. I don't know necessarily. Like I'm. I'm probably like the backup camera, like the camera that's on the back part of your car. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're a good driver, uh, the only thing that's hitting the back part of your car is someone that's at fault. And uh, you could just fucking ruin their life through insurance that way. So, like, it's not your problem. Uh, but <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, like, I don't know that backup camera. Like, so, I mean, like, what, all new passenger cars, sure, they can they can do that. Yeah. But, um, and that's just, you know, in the next, you know, decade and whatever, that's just going to be the case where cars have backup cameras. Like, backup cameras truly are fine, but the front bumper basically anything that's on the front like hemisphere of the car that's that's where i'm going to be very peculiar on fair enough i mean I, you can I, just drive on the road and something hits you like some you know piece of debris hits the front of your car i've had that i have had that happen to me a few times now where just a piece of debris hits the front part of my car even as i try to avoid it and it's just you know, not gotten lucky so I'm uh, going to be very peculiar on that future cars. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, right. so what do you got? What's something? What's what's a topic that you have been desperately trying to hit? I got a. Uh, I got no other new topics, but I'm going to get back into some music talk here uh, because I don't know if you saw this, but I tossed out a five recently. Oh. I tossed I out. Not, I've not seen a, this. A five. My first EP five. 
I, I, I don't believe, I, no, nothing, none of my other fives are EPs. They're all full-length albums. Okay, I see this now. I see why, I see why some certain things have been said recently. Yeah, this also is um, my first British five. Um, I do have an Irish five from before this. Big shout out to Altar of Plagues. Uh, but everybody else is American. And wow, okay. now uh, Britain has entered the chat here. This EP came out in 1980. It's got a, a whole fuck table of genres uh, where the primaries are experimental rock, post-punk, drone, tape music, and the secondaries are kraut rock, electroacoustic, ambient, avant prog, noise rock, indeterminacy. I, I don't think I really know what indeterminacy is. That sounds like one of those things that shouldn't be a genre, but I guess it is. Um I think in my band is called, like oh, a tempo okay. pattern or something or like a or like a or like a count like something that signifies a count like that one song that we had mentioned what song is that the 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 fucking the one that the fucking title of the EP the the first song health and deficiency This is a band called oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, they put out this EP Health and Efficiency where I did bring it up also in the music chat where I guess I had listened to this somewhere around a month ago because um, I know I, I listened to This Heat's debut album a while ago um, which I think is just called This Heat and I wasn't huge on it um, I still don't really go back to that one much. Uh, obviously, um, horizontal hold on there is for me in that like top tier of just amazing songs where I'm like, how did you even put this together? Um, which I had heard a long while ago actually sampled in a Danny Brown song that was on his Triple X mixtape, but I can't remember which song exactly. Um, my my brain is saying Adderall Admiral or outer space but again i can't i'm, I'm not going to even go check who sampled for that i don't have time for that bullshit uh but after that uh a year later they put out an ep called health and efficiency where the first song is called health and efficiency and the second is called graphic slash varus speed overall it totals to about 20 minutes 19 and a half uh with about eight minutes on the first song and about 11 and a half minutes on the second song Second song, um, it's really just a, a long drone track where apparently, and I actually just found this by by reading some of the reviews, user AAOI pointed this out with a review from October 10th, 2020, where they say graphic Verispeed is a cool concept for a track, a drone piece which changes in tonality depending on what RPM you play it with on your turntable. Um, I don't have a turntable. I just, I just have headphones and yeah. and computer and phone so i only listen to that so i don't know anything about how it changes uh how the how the tonality changes but it's still just kind of like a nice little calming kind of creepy uh drone track i i don't i don't tend to skip it when i listen to this so that's always a plus when I, i'm not skipping your long drone track at the very end uh but it's really about the first song here health and efficiency like I mentioned in the in the music chat, uh, 
I had some riff just like in the back of my head or I guess whatever the tip of my tongue equivalent is to music. Um, but it was there yep. and I could hear it repeating over and over again. And I'm thinking just like, what fucking song is this from? And I'm like, this sounds like some kind of like mid late eighties kind of post punk riff going on. Like, what is this? And I was just scrolling like the next day or something through um, like releases I have uh, on my like next up list that I keep. And I came past this one and I'm like, that's when it just clicked. I'm like, oh, this is from Health and Efficiency. So I decided to go re-listen to it. And it just fucking blew my mind, man. I could not believe that I that I missed it like the first time I listened to it, that I wasn't just floored on that first listen because they go through maybe about like three three minutes of, you know, it starts off with this big anthemic riff that they kind of repeat a little bit over and over again um, until the song starts with like the drums come in, just hammering away. And yeah. there's this, this like vocal echo thing that's in the background uh, that they start doing that. I don't, I don't even know how you would do that in 19. I mean, they recorded this in like 1979, I think came out in 80, but they recorded it in 79. I don't, I don't know how you make that sound in 79, but they do it. But before that, actually, what 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 caught me off guard so much about like when, listening to the song when I actually pay attention to it is is this the lines that it started out with. It starts out with the lines, here's a song about the sunshine, dedicated to the sunshine. And for some reason, like that just really grabbed me. And I'm wondering, like, what did he mean by this? So Googling it. I don't know. I found this on some random person's like Facebook page. Charles Bullen, who is like the the front man for this heat, um, he said, uh, "Yeah, that just wasn't something you were supposed to sing about in 1979." <laughs> That's the only reason it starts off with that, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cool. Like, I love the idea of like doing something, you know, sort of radically optimistic in the face of you know, yeah, you're around the same time like bands like joy division are putting out you know genre defining stuff that you're you're you know you're sort of loosely related to um i i like uh putting some optimism in the face of that and the lyrics over and on just go uh he'll repeat this enthusiasm will energize over and over again uh, and it ends up going on to like mind over matter love over gold momentum over stasis and again like i i'm not i'm usually not one who like puts too much weight on lyrics uh but when they hit me they hit me mm -hmm. and i found myself just like saying that line over and over again just like on the way to work when i'm listening to the song she went enthusiasm will energize and i start smiling dude like it actually uplifts my day which is kind of kind of funny um i don't get a, i don't get that out of a lot of music especially not out of a lot of music that i love like it usually doesn't make me um energetic and and ready for the day <laughs> yeah um but then after about somewhere about like two and a half three minutes in this eight minute song they just kind of blow the song up and like it just grinds to a halt and there's just this noise popping up of like all these different instruments before they just lock into this repetitive riff uh with the drums pounding away at this repetitive groove over and over again and they just start layering different sounds on top of that, like doing a sound collage kind of thing where every time I listen to it, I'm like, how, how, like, how'd they do it? You know, 
Like they're just, they're literally just putting things on top of this and they keep adding to it and adding to it. It never gets overwhelming, but it's all these like interesting little noises that somehow work together in, in ways that I don't know how anybody would come up with. Um, and then after that, you know, they kind of, after they repeat that a few, however many dozen times or whatever, um, they end up doing something that makes a guitar sound like a foghorn to me. And anytime anybody's making guitars sound like things they're not supposed to sound like, I'm in on it. I'm there for it. Yeah, big it. time. And, you know, it just kind of gets a little ambient and the song just sort of walks out on that. Um, but it's just an incredible track, man. I can't get over it. And I've been listening to it so much for like the past, you know, the past week or so. Like I've listened to it so many times. And it just got to the point where I was like, I got to put a five on this. Like, I can't deny it. It's there. It's in that all-time classics for me. That's 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 definitely how you know that uh, that it's a five. Is you're just like, I think this is a five. I think this is a five. I think this is a five. Is this anything other than a five? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> and that's how you just. That's just how you know. It's never a conscious decision. It's always like an incredible amount of like trying to doubt that it's a five prior to prior to just knowing yeah that shit's definitely a five right right it's like i want to give this a 4.5 I, I really want to give this a 4.5 i don't i don't want to put it up in that like comp- like top tier highest echelon of music but i can't not do it yeah i uh i definitely think i've done that with pretty much every single release that i've had maybe except one or two but uh yeah shout out to the shout out to the ep making the list shout out to the british ep making the list yeah a first for both and so uh that is like the last amazing thing that i listened to that i haven't talked about yet so i want to turn it over to you if you want to maybe scroll through some of your recent ratings and and let the people know what the the latest amazing release you um, listen to is I am, uh, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to try and take this in a different way. Uh, okay. One second. Let me see if I can find uh, my, my fuck. Yeah, no, not my fuck, but I'm trying to find a certain YouTube history where, uh, fuck. How do you find your YouTube history on, on, on laptop? God damn it. Dude, I don't know. Oh shit! I think it was right there. Playlists, fucking yeah! All right, I don't have a clue. One second, I'm finding it. All right, I'm going to say. So I've got, I've got a, I've got a certain, uh, certain YouTube video which uh, might be a certain mix of a certain genre that I have described before. Um, I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout out a uh, a certain song by a certain band that uh, that I have listened to pretty much on repeat, and uh, this also fits into uh, a certain other uh, theme that I had mentioned before called epilogue music. And epilogue music is like going out on a high, you know, really having a final last jam, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I may actually say two songs, but we're going to start first. Um, first, uh, we're going to start with a, uh, with a band called Kara's Walk Home and Kara's Walk Home is a, uh, notably Midwest emo band. 
uh, from Los Angeles, California. So that's how you know uh, the shark has been jumped, everyone. Uh, if people from <laughs> people from fucking Los Angeles are gonna make Midwest emo, uh, yeah, not a then then you know the shark has been jumped. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, we have a song from 2015. 2015. Um, how you know the best Midwest emo is that Midwest emo is the only main genre, and the secondary genre is either is some mix of post rock, post hardcore. And maybe like one other thing, but there should not be more than three subgenres. Uh, in this case, there are only two. So I want to talk about uh, the song called. Uh, it is a twelve and a half minute song. I do not apologize for that. Uh, it is called <laughs> "Weekend Party with Your Friends," and uh, this song, "Weekend Party with Your Friends," is the closing out of a of a mixtape that I've been listening to a lot, and uh, it is a. It is like a it's it's very similar to the album that I just talked about actually. It's um it gets progressively louder, progressively screechier vocals on this one. Um this is uh this I, I would I wanna say that this vocalist on uh, on Kara's Walk Home is is pretty close to the ideal lo fi um Midwest emo vocalist that you can have. It's he's he's kind of a younger guy. He's kind of he's kind of uh, he's not eccentric with his vocal inflections, but he hits a very hit. He hits a very high range of uh, of what he's going to hit. And I'm going to be honest. There's like a, I I, I guess you called that a piano. I guess it's a certain piano style, but it's um, oh God, I'm trying to think of like what you describe it. I, I, I suppose it's a piano style, but it goes da 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 ba 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 ba. It's it's something I'd, I'd have to look into it more. But there's a there's a certain there's a certain arrangement that you know through the chorus that is really 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 good. Um, that I'm a big fan of. The uh, the second song that I am a, a big fan of is a, is I think a little bit of an older Midwest emo, um, of an older Midwest emo like band. Um, there's a certain song, and it, I think it's supposed to reminisce with the with any like reader. It's supposed to pop out. But there was a there was a book that was released a long time ago uh, called Flowers for Algernon, which is about like a it's about a it's about a mouse with dementia, as far as I know. <laughs> um, if you, I don't know if you've read that or not, but it's like a it's like a children's book, uh, and I, I want to say there. it's a, yeah, you read as a children once. You read as a children. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a this this band is called Algernon Cad Cadwallad. Oh, yeah, I know them. Yeah, uh, Algernon Cadwallader. I'm actually surprised that you've heard about them, but uh, they uh, they put out a song. I'm gonna see if it's uh, which year it's from, but it's called "In Response to Irresponsibility." Um, I want to say that was from '08. Uh, yeah, that was the closing song on their on their '08. Uh, but I will say that these these um. These uh, what's it called? These mixes are are really really good ways to find like singular songs for projects that you may have otherwise not listened to. And I, admittedly, have need to put in a lot more effort to uh, to listening the actual um, albums. But of course, I pull up the uh, the album from uh, I want to say this is from 08, uh, Algernon Cadwallader. Um, the first the first review that I pull up it says every review says Captain Jazz. 
not every band is called Cap is Captain Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I'm gonna agree with that. Not every band is a uh, Captain Jazz. Um, but yeah, these guys uh these guys put out a really good song. Um, again, that's that's in response to irresponsibility. Um, this is all from the same. Um, this is all from the same uh, mixtape song or mixtape uh, video where um, you had the vocal tracks on or the, the samples. Everyone was doing fucking quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a fucking quaalude. And of course, like where that sample is from came up in my YouTube recs like shortly thereafter. Um, so I found that very, you know, creepy. But also there's um, I don't know if it's a planning for burial song or it's um. Or it's someone else, but there was a, there was like this really, really heavy like double riff that goes with this like female vocalist talking about like fucking geese and shit, and then you hear geese in the background. I had mentioned that at some point, but uh, yeah, that's from all the that's from this like that's from this giant mixtape, and uh, yeah, there was one that I listened to last night too when I was like making my whole entire presentation that ended up being pretty good, and. Uh, I, I listened to like the first four songs on there, not having listened to any other mixtape of this genre in like two months, probably, or like a month and a half. And I was like, damn, this shit's actually pretty good, too. I should actually listen to more than just one video. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, when you say like, what other stuff have you listened to recently? Uh, well, you know, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to carry on. Uh, and, and find and keep uh, discovering new stuff but i'm going to uh i'm going to flip it onto something else talking about uh talking about uh like trying to find new stuff and uh whatnot so uh in my drive back um from virginia for probably the last time in my life uh i drink three trace energy drinks uh have not drinking trace energy drinks in a long time wait so, what is it yeah three Oh, okay. I thought you at first for some reason I thought you meant like the name of the brand was Trace. Like, no, I've never no, heard no, of that. Fucking, that no, there's cool. no fucking energy. No, we've got a. So we listen to we drink three energy drinks, and uh, the first of which is a is is more of a more of like a justification or like a an update slash justification. Is this drink still good? Um. So the, this first one is a Ultra Peachy Keen because I saw it on the shelf and I'm like. Most of the other stuff, I couldn't find that strawberry flavor that I was like, that I had mentioned before. Uh, still have never seen it. So, you know, maybe one day, but you know, wanted to get the ultra peachy keen is like a safe pick. And, uh, I would say if I had rated it a nine before that, it's probably an eight now. Like I still like it a lot, but I don't think it's first sip of the day quality. I think that ultra peachy keen is a very good slow sipper. And by slow sipper, I mean sometime in the early afternoon that takes you about an hour to finish the can, and you just kind of take very small sips in between. It's very, very good at that. So I, I think Ultra Peachy Gein is still very good at that. But yeah, I don't know. First sip of the day, that's pretty... That's that's a that's that's a very high bar, and I, I'm, I'm going to say no to that. Um, but what I did say in the list is that I wanted to talk about uh, a comparison between like-minded sips. Mm -hmm. And uh, these two like-minded sips were the first and... Uh, the, the Actually, no, the second and third energy drinks that I had over the course of this trip. The second of these energy drinks 
was the Monster Low Sugar Original Flavor uh, drink. All right. Yes. New, somewhat, somewhat new, I believe. Somewhat new. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably from popular demand, actually, that they finally decided to do it. The third drink was the Low Carb Original Blue Monster Energy Drink. So I had the I had the second one probably about I want to say like one o'clock, and I had the uh, the low carb at like say four thirty five o'clock. So I had both of them. I finally had both of them kind of in a back to back manner, so we can finally really get to the bottom of what the difference is. And um, they're pretty damn close. Like they they're very very close. But I think I like the green one, like no sugar, better. Hmm. I I think that some of the original flavor, like the the flavor that's in the original monster, is is degraded in the low carb. But I think in the in the in the zero sugar original flavor, I I, I mean that's like just that's what I think what the blue can would have tasted like all those, you know, when I first tried the blue can like a long long time ago, but. I'm gonna be honest. I, it, they're they're very similar, but the blue like the blue can feels like a light version of the green no sugar can. Which, you know, maybe it was just the missing link. Maybe like all this time, like this is what the missing link should have been. Was this like zero sugar original flavor uh, taste? Because the difference between the normal with all the sugar in it and the blue low carb version is. I'll be honest, it's pretty fucking big between those two. There's a big difference there. And uh, for that reason, like, I tried the blue the blue can once. I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I would never drink this. <laughs> this is disgusting. Um, you know, but now now as I've gotten a little older and, like, now I, I enjoy the blue can a little bit. Um, but this is, this is what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted zero sugar monster uh, normal flavor. And monster has finally delivered on that. And, uh, I'm uh, pretty happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I um, I feel like the zero sugar thing is just kind of a... I was assuming it was more of a branding thing than anything else. It's the same reason you see a lot of um, a lot of popular sodas turning away from, like... Not, not necessarily turning away from, but at least introducing, um, like... Like Pepsi Zero Sugar instead of Diet Pepsi. I, I see Pepsi Zero Sugar a lot more because the word diet has a certain connotation to it. Whereas Zero Sugar is just like, hey, there's no sugar in this. Um, and they are slightly different too. Um, part of that though, I think, is is just because some people are going to, are always going to say, oh, Diet Coke tastes better than Coke Zero. Like there, there's a huge difference between them when Honestly, there's probably not that huge of a difference between them. It's probably, you know, similar to the to the low carb monster versus the the zero sugar monster. Um, yeah. If we did both of them in a blind taste test, do you think people do you think you would be able to tell the difference? And do you think the public at large would be able to tell the difference? I would say I would say that I could I would say that there's a 60% chance that I could. I, I couldn't just say yes or no. I'd say there's like a, a 60% chance I would try to, whenever I try to like, whenever like I think how I would do a blind taste test, usually it's flavor potency over anything. 
and um i would say that like uh i would definitely pick out the uh like the the zero sugar to be um you know more potent of a flavor than a low carb which doesn't really excel in anything taste wise it's kind of just like your caffeine buzz um with the general monster flavor that isn't very strong so i i and i would do that for coke and pepsi too because pepsi is very is much more acute tasting and sweet tasting than coke is so i would right. i would have gone for that and now i've just seen this image that you posted <laughs> and um i don't know how they're getting away with this i really don't like cuz obviously they have to change the drink formula enough so that they don't they avoid the four loco thing um, right. So the image I just sent was uh, something that somebody on the energy drink subreddit just posted, which is for um, Hard Monster, which is monster, which is a monster beverage with six percent alcohol. And I'm pretty sure they're just gonna like take the caffeine and, and the other stimulant stuff out, and it's just gonna be like it's gonna taste like monster, but it's not gonna have that the the actual reason that you drink monster in it. Why did it take this long for like these drink companies to realize that people want like good canned alcohol that isn't beer and like you know somewhat high alcohol content and not like you know these canned vodkas, these canned whiskeys and stuff like the canned whiskey sodas like yeah people want it like it took them so long for them to realize that like alternatives can exist if they're good. Hello people I mean, I feel like the um, the canned alcohol market in this country and maybe worldwide, I don't know, but definitely here kind of went through a few phases where at first, you know, you were just getting your typical American piss water in cans and maybe you'd have like, you know, a, a craft brewery in like a bigger city or something. But, you know, then there was like the whole like ca- craft brewery, like revolution, if you want to call it that, even though. As I understand it, um, what's ended up happening to a lot of them anyway is that once they got like something of a hit, like one of the bigger companies would swoop in and buy them up anyway. Um, yeah. uh, kind of, kind of how a lot of revolutions kind of go. But um, um, there was that, and then there, you know, canned wine started hitting the market. After a little while, you got more brands of those, and then seltzers were kind of like the game changer i think that was when everybody realized oh you can just do anything can't you yeah this is just like flavored water with alcohol in it like really people are buying that <laughs> yeah really i mean i i, I sure would but i'm uh, i'm thinking that canned mountain dew was uh what well, hard mountain dew is really the the green light i mean yeah jack was already doing canned stuff and uh you know some of these other seltzer companies like Bud Light Seltzer, but yeah, Monster's pretty fucking late to the game. Like, I'm gonna try one can of this, and I'm gonna determine if this shit's good or not. I'm definitely only trying one though. Yeah, the first comment here says that it's also just like good marketing because the first Monster originally came out in April 2002, so uh, it's actually like Monster is turning 21. Okay. Okay, that's I did not know that. That that's that's a good little hidden lore. <laughs> so maybe it's coming out in April then, I suppose. Um somebody says they saw it in Texas. Uh well yeah, I guess maybe the drink is coming out in April cuz it's not it's just a poster. It's not an actual can in this image. Um But you know what? You know what I fucking saw at a gas station a while ago and ended up buying? What'd you buy? 
It's fucking Venom, dude. I saw Venom. I haven't seen Venom in years. I would I would not try that. I, I, I I've actually I've had Venom. I would not try yeah. Venom nowadays. No, Venom's not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Venom's I just had not seen good. one in so long. That was the one you used to be able to get for a dollar. I think this was like two fifty or something. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I expected to shell out a dollar, shell out a dollar for this, but whatever. I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, it's an extra dollar," and I'm gonna put it back because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm scared. Um, so I, I bought a Venom. I bought the Fruit Punch flavored Venom, and no, it wasn't good. Um, it might. I didn't check to see if it was red or not, but if it was red, it might be the first thing that proves your, um, your point about there being no bad red beverages wrong. yeah they're very very safe and i know that there are like red canned beverages that like the actual liquid is like uh clear but even those ones are like pretty decent i i don't i don't dislike those mm-hmm. so yeah that's a that would that would definitely be the the strain of where my idea for the the red red energy drinks comes in yeah um but i would uh, i would ask do you have any uh, do you have any last topics that you would want to hit because uh, it's uh pretty close to that that two hour mark and uh, i'm 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 running out and my my brain is a fuck today as you can probably yeah. imagine yeah i got one other ep i want to give a few thoughts on this is another 2023 ep it's called ep because this band is incredibly oh. creative oh wow um, <laughs> wow uh, they also have an amazing name. Um, their name is Perfect Angel at Heaven. Not Perfect Angel in Heaven or Perfect Angel of Heaven. Uh, Perfect Angel at Heaven. I don't know what they mean by this. That's just not a good band name. I'm going to say it. Um, primary genres, indie rock and noise pop. Secondary genres, alternative rock, post-punk revival. Um, currently sitting, well now, after I rated it, it's a 3.83 from five ratings. Um, so it's number 68 on the 2023 EP charts. Um, the ratings before it were 3.5, 3.5, 5, and 4. And I landed on a 3 with this thing. Um, I like their sound. I do like their sound. Um, it sounds like something that would have been recorded 20 years ago, but with production from 10 years ago. Um, so there's nothing original about this at all. Uh, the first song, Pyramid, it's catchy. I'm tapping my toes. I like the vocals. The vocalist, he's got one of those like classic indie voices where it's like not really good, not really bad, but it's just he has like that kind of weird voice, you know, kind of like a. I feel the same way about like Julian Casablancas. Like I don't think he's a great singer. I don't think he's a bad singer, but he has a good voice for doing this kind of music. Yeah. Um, then there's like three songs that are just kind of like, well, okay, they, they had to write three more songs to make an EP, I guess. But um, first song, pretty good. Pyramid. Uh, I support Pyramid. Um, I'm going to be following Perfect Angel at Heaven, seeing where their career goes. And Pyramid is going to end up on the newly curated weekly drive-by Spotify playlist that will be coming to a Yo, Spotify that would be fucking soon. dope. I really need to... I would... I need to shove some songs out of that then. EP. A fucking EP called EP. The fucking bozos that make that. Um have a question for you. What do you think about a what do you think about a person that rates an album a five and uh they produce like track ratings for it 
and none of the tracks are a five. Bro, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty lame. <laughs> so so for the for the angel in, or perfect angel in heaven, um, the sandwich bubble guy, the guy that gave it a five, um, gave pyramid a four. The funniest thing is that he gave pyramid a four, and then the other three songs a four point five. So pyramid is the worst song on the track according to this guy. <laughs> See, okay, now I don't think you know. I don't think everything has to average out to a to a like a something that would round up to a five for you to give uh to give an album or EP or whatever a rating of a five, but you gotta have at least one five star song on a five star release. I think so. I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna rate something a a five star, then you've gotta have at least one five star song on that. I mean, just that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, like, what are you giving this a five for if none of the songs are fives? Yeah, I would, I, I would be very, very, very upset about that. Okay, this guy's average is also like three point five, three point yeah, four, five, hovering around the three point five. What's uh? It's got two hundred sixty out of like I don't even remember. I looked at it quickly. Wow, I'm actually surprised. Average rating is 3.18 i thought it would have been higher than that that's respectable okay never mind i take that back it's happening 2023 weekly drive by get the guns out get the motherfucking guns out Wait, Boom, shit, I didn't mean to do that one. I didn't mean to do that one. With you out of here. <laughs> and the bullets in the gun. Bullets in the gun. Alright. Alright, take care. <laughs> Alright, you too. <laughs> take and the bullets in the gun.